0: Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to Talk Easy. I'm your host, Sam Vergoso. On the inaugural episode of the podcast, we're excited to have celebrated actor Don Cheadle. In looking at his INDB, his filmography is really kind of astonishing. I'm not entirely sure how someone can play Bucky Swope and War Machine in the same lifetime, and yet here we are. In conversation, he seemed particularly excited to talk about his directorial debut, Miles Ahead in which he plays the legendary jazz musician Miles Davis to a T. The pain, the suffering, the untamable genius, the coke addiction, Cheadle, like the chameleon he is, assumes the role of Davis damn near perfectly. On a technical note, we're going to try to do most of these interviews in person and not over the phone or via Skype, but sometimes when great opportunities like this one come our way, we're going to make it work. Uh, it's Don Cheadle, it's just, We're not going to say no to Don Cheadle. Uh, And also, these conversations will tend to be a bit longer than we have here. So come back next Tuesday for a sample of what that looks like. But before we get to the conversation, some honesty up front. I don't have a sweeping introduction for you. I just don't. It's something I've been desperately trying to come up with for a few weeks now. You know, two minutes of audio that will convince you, whoever you are, wherever you are, to listen to this new podcast in this overly crowded sea of podcasts. But I admit, I'm not a particularly skilled salesman, or swimmer for that matter. You know, what I've been coming back to for the last few days is Roger Ebert, who passed away three years ago this Monday. He was that rare individual who you aspire to be like, both as a writer and human being. For everyone that knew Roger, and many did, his absence is felt all the time and not just on Fridays when you're secretly hoping his reviews of the latest movies would appear. What we're left with now is the writing he produced throughout his remarkable career, and there's a lot of it. And in thinking about what I want this show to do and be for people listening, I can't help but come back to this passage that appears near the end of his memoir, Life Itself. It reads, I believe that if, at the end of it all, according to our abilities, we have done something to make others a little happier, something to make ourselves a little happier. That is about the best we can do. To make others less happy is a crime. To make ourselves unhappy is where all crime starts. We must try to contribute joy to the world. That is true no matter what our problems, our health, our circumstances. We must try. All right, Roger, let me try to do that. there's that great John Lennon line where he says, you know, every time you try to put your finger on it, it slips away. Hmm. And that's when he's talking about like, what, what, what makes people are asking him, what makes your music great? What makes you a a genius? And your film does a great job of not trying to explain it away.
1: Yeah. I I really just wanted to, and not just wanted to, but uh, felt like I had been given the marching orders to, Not do it the same, you know, do what Miles said to do in the way Miles approached his music, uh, always trying to find another way to express himself. Uh, So I wanted to create something that felt like a creation, that felt like uh, a composition uh, and always tumbling forward and and trying to move towards something else. Uh, and and create a narrative that would allow me to use all the different music that he uh, dealt with and and created and was a part of actually pushing forward, and just have it all uh, be an expression of that kind of creativity.
0: Yeah, he there's a gr- there's a great line that you always hear about him and you know I change music five or six times he like casually brings up, uh, but in the movie there's that part where he says I, I didn't know what else to say which is yeah some raw honesty uh, and i was thinking i mean have you have you felt that way before
1: i i think you know any creative person has felt that way where they wonder what it is i mean it's a very nebulous thing you know uh and it's it's not you know, like I said, I, I used to love to just wash the dishes because I'd wash the dishes. They were dirty. They were clean. They were drying. It was concrete. It was definitive and it was clear. <laughs> when, it's, when it's something that's really hard to get a, a handle on, you, you're not sure what it is and you're not sure where you are sometimes and what it is you're even, what is you're even in pursuit of. So I think he kind of found himself in that place during this period of time. And he was also exhausted mentally, physically, spiritually, all every way, um, and was trying to figure out how to come back, or if he was even going to come back. You know, I don't think that was a, a lock, necessarily.
0: What have you been in pursuit of?
1: I think the way to express yourself through, you know, if that's what you are, is if you're a storyteller, and, you know, that's basically what uh, I've feel like I am some always some aspect of it whether I'm the actor in front of the camera attempting to fulfill and tell someone else's story or if I'm a writer and I'm creating the story or I'm a director and I'm attempting to to guide the story and shepherd the story in a way Mm -hmm. uh every way into it is still about being a storyteller for me so it's often about what stories are um, am I trying to tell and what is the impact that you want to have with your art you know i think if you're a doctor you you can tell yourself a story that's much clearer about how you're what you're doing for the world and what you're doing with your expertise and what you studied to do and then if you're an artist it's still it's somewhat nebulous and and hard like i said hard to define
0: yeah it's always a bit unclear isn't it
1: yeah yeah and you're always in pursuit of something and trying to figure out what the destination is and i think that's another amazing thing for me about miles is that that was the entire destination ultimately Mm. to keep looking and to keep, you know, trying to reinvent and, and, and re-figure out what to say, you know, right before he died, he was making music with Prince. So, you know, it clearly demonstrates someone who was always trying to figure out, how to say the thing that I'm trying to. The next thing I'm trying to say with the next people who are trying to say it.
0: I, I think his versatility was one of his strongest uh, attributes, and I, and I think you have a lot of that. I mean, this is your first time directing a movie. Uh, I'm interested because of you played music uh, throughout your childhood, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then in high school. When
1: I started playing. Yeah,
0: you started playing in childhood, correct?
1: I started playing sax and elementary school and all through uh high school and, and uh then I kinda shifted into acting and then came back and I bought horns after I graduated from college and started playing again. It was I never uh fully put it down and now it's great because I have this other instrument to torture myself with the trumpet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what we need in our lives. It's just more things to torture ourselves with.
1: Yeah, just some more angst. Yeah,
0: more angst. <laughs> I, I mention all that just because Davis is clearly someone that is is near and dear to your heart and has meant a lot to you, as he's meant a lot to many people. And so I'm wondering, when you're on set, is there a moment on your first movie, writing it, acting, directing, all of this coming together where you think, holy shit, can I, can I do this? Is this going to work out? Oh,
1: absolutely. There was nothing but that. Even, <laughs> even dirt. I mean, even, even now is that what you're saying? There was never a moment where doubt was not in the sidecar. There was never a moment of anything approximating pure confidence, not, not even close to that. And just the opposite. In fact, um, my wife came to down to the set halfway through the shooting of it after, you know, she's, came together at the beginning. She went back home. She came back in the middle to visit me and she said, you can't do this anymore. <laughs> I, I had lost weight. I was, you know, I, I was stressed out. I wasn't sleeping. She's was like, this isn't, no, <laughs> I'm going to pull the plug. <laughs> we can't pull the plug, but she was very concerned. And, and I, and it was all of that kind of stress. that was never being able to, to rest or, or, or relax. And I was also doing something that, I was I knew that was potentially a risk and not safe and uncomfortable and in an unknown place so there was just there was just no ability to relax in a way
0: Do you think the best art comes from that place though where there's no no part to relax?
1: Well, I think it's hard to surf on glass. So mm. the, maybe the, the, the greater the stress, the greater potential for the, um, you know, opposite and equal reaction from that, which is some release and creativity. I don't know. People go, well, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger? I'm like, I'm pretty sure that the doctors have proven that stress kills you. So I don't think that's true. <laughs> what does it kill you makes you stronger? No. It hasn't killed you yet is all that that means.
0: Are you expecting your art to kill you?
1: I, no. If I if I see that on the horizon, I'm going to go into plumbing or something. I'll, I'll just, that's done.
0: <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I can see you being a plumber.
1: That's fine. You wouldn't have to see me being a plumber. And that's what would be the great part about it. That only the people whose homes I was in under their sinks would have to see me be a plumber. <laughs> and I wouldn't be out in front of people, which is the part of it that is, you know, you don't create this in your closet for yourself you make this thing that you have all these, you know, insecurities about sometimes and aren't sure, and it's the best that you think you can do. And then you have to put it out there. You don't have to, but that's what we do is go and now here, have it and take care of it or attack it or do it. It's not mine anymore. I'm giving it away. Uh, And that's, I think, hard to, if you have an attachment to it still, um, that's, that's, that's a tricky thing to do, you know? So how do you, you know, but that, you know, think about miles. It's like he would do that and then walk away into the next thing. And, and, oh, it's hard into that thing. If he just did the last thing. And was always kind of charging forward and not looking back and sitting into those, those, those places of insecurity. He had them, but they didn't stop him and they didn't keep him from, you know, marching forward to the next one. So just aspirationally, for me, it was something that I was hoping, in some way, to be able to internalize as I was in that process. What are your insecurities? What are my insecurities? Oh, am I on the couch now? Do I have to pay you after I go through this one? But
0: it's a cheap session. It's like one fifty.
1: All right, I'll I'll Skype it to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think they're the same. I mean, as 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 someone who is public in some ways. Uh, not always, but in doing the thing that I am doing, that I've made my livelihood and, you know, support myself and my family with, it's, it's, it's built on sand in many ways because you don't get to dictate when your next ability to do that is when your next opportunity to do that is, you know, every time we're lapped on a a film or a, a TV show, we're unemployed. That's it. You're done. And you, hope that there's some circumstances out there where someone reaches out and gives, offers you a job or that you are able to create the work for yourself, but it's not, you know, it's, it's not promised. So I think there is a, for a lot of actors that I know, there's always that low underlying, you know, neuroses that at some point the business is going to say thank you and we're good and on your way. And no one lets you know when that's going to happen. It just it happens.
0: Mm. That and and just the feeling of not being wanted anymore.
1: Well, it's 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 a little it's a little more important than I mean uh, the stakes are a little higher than just the sort of a popularity thing. Not being wanted, quote unquote, in our businesses, not being hired is you know onto your plumbing certificate. You know, it's like next thing. And and how do you? what is the thing that you're attempting to do to 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 uh pivot and to uh reinvent and come up with another way potentially to make that happen it's just like i said it's like a house built on sand
0: you've really given a lot of thought to this plumbing thing i think i think it's a possibility yeah uh
1: <laughs> i could do it i'm good with like a, a crescent wrench
0: oh that that's that's good i don't i'm not sure most actors are uh <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm. I've uh, been playing Blue and Green a uh, lot oh, recently, best. and it's 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 his best song in my opinion. And I uh, uh,
1: yeah, I keep yes. re- are, are we in agreement about that? Yes. I mean, I, I can't say best, but I can say there's none better. Right. There's none better.
0: Yeah. I have a very distinct memory of when I realized how great it was, and it was. <laughs> this is going to be oddly personal, but whatever. Uh, it was right after prom, senior year prom and i was driving away dropped the girl off i didn't get lucky that night (laughs) and and it was the it was like the first time the song came on and it was the first time i realized oh shit high school's ending i have to go to college now i have to start a life away from home and i always tell everyone if you want to figure anything out in your life or you want to feel something just go in your car or put your headphones on or wherever you can play music loudly and turn that song on.
1: Yeah, it's something else.
0: And it, and it does it. It does it every time.
1: It is, it is something else. It's a very, it, yeah, it's, it's my dad's favorite song. It, it's definitely one of my top four or five songs ever of any kind of music, any genre.
0: Yeah. Have you had a moment with Miles' music that you particularly remember?
1: Oh man, Um, yeah, so many. I remember finding my parents' album of Porgy and Bess, The Elevens and Miles Davis Porgy and Bess, and looking at that cover and wondering about that cover. First of all, it's just so interesting, you know, two figures sitting next to each other, this man and this woman. You can't know just torso, and he's got his trumpet in his lap, and she's sort of got her hand on the trumpet and kind of pulling it toward her, and it was just beautiful album cover, first of all. And then listening to that music that was constructed in, in a way that I hadn't really heard music constructed before. You know, there's there's no piano. Uh, this the, the, the really sort of unconventional voicing with these different uh, instruments that were sort of orchestral instruments playing the chords under these trumpet sections leads that were like based on Miles Davis solos. It was just this. It, it was in his show music with this sort of jazz or, or or classical jazz application on it. It was just amazing. I just would sit in in my parents' basement and listen to that album over and over and over again. And a lot of uh, you know when I was first getting into music was was about was around that album.
0: Did you get into Miles? Or really any music alone? Were you, were you? Was that something that was something you did by yourself, or were you with friends when you listened to music? Or- oh
1: yeah, well you know I was in a band. I was in the jazz band in, in high school and junior high school, and that was music that all of us listened to in the band. You know, uh, it was the music, quote unquote. It was the the root. You know from whence sprung all of these other leaders that we listened to, including John Coltrane and, you know, Chick Corea and Herbie Hancock, and Wayne Shorter, and it just goes on and on and on. That, you know, um, became sort of the soundtrack for all of us. Because we were, you know, playing that music in band every day you know, when I graduated from high school I was I was in bands, I was you know, in choirs, I I was working in that way, um, toward potentially pursuing music as a as at least a, a study, if not a career, um, to further my studies in it. And I I was also, you know, acting at the same time and doing school plays and into drama, really into it. And I I came up with uh musicians, some of whom are, you know, you know, still doing it teachers now and, and performers now and recording artists and all of it, who I, I saw the commitment level and I saw what it, it took for them to really get the music and really understand it, uh, you know, in a of metal. And I realized that at seventeen years old that I probably was not going to, not even probably. I was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna knuckle down like that. I'm not going to have what's very uh, potentially going to be a, a lonely road.
0: So acting was less of a lonely road.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, acting for me at that point, anyway. If you're in plays. There's always fellowship. There's always an ensemble. There's always a group dynamic, and you know, uh, that is accessible for me. Uh, and the music was too there was always that there was that as well. There's a group, you're playing with other people. Um but the language was like pre calc compared to mm. acting for me. And I I I could always you know, I had a really, really good ear and I could always get work my way around stuff. But when it came to the serious theory and the study of that and, and, and being able to understanding at a level it's, it's a lot of math really at the end of the day uh and mm. the way chords are structured and the way scales work in theory, and theory and it kind of went in the place in my brain where it was just hard to uh deduce
0: and i mean no actor likes doing math yes what well, did acting come as natural
1: um yeah it's not it's not as though i did not work on it um But I think there was something that was more akin to me in the playing of it, you know, Uh, and it's interesting that that's the word in every other culture for acting is play. Not every other, but many other cultures that, you know, it's not, it's just, it's play. And I was very adept at that. (laughs) And I went, well, maybe this is something I could groove and, and really dig much deeper into this and still, you know, be... In, 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 in an ensemble and be discovering this stuff you know, together, not sitting in a room with the door closed and a book open and just you know, killing myself trying to memorize low Korean. And has has <laughs>
0: <laughs> has your career gone the way you thought it would?
1: Has it turned out the way I thought it would? Um, yeah. I guess in some ways. Uh... Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's, it, it, you know, I'm 50 years old and, you know, got my first professional job when I was 19 or something like that. Uh, mm. So it's, it, it's definitely been a marathon and not a sprint. Uh, but the great thing is that in every step of it, I've still been doing the thing that, you know, got me here. I haven't done anything else for that really, to support myself and i haven't um i haven't really looked back
0: you know you didn't shy away from showing miles vices, and that was part of the story and miles wasn't ashamed of <clears throat> you know owning that do you think in any genius that that torture to that um pain and suffering do you think it needs to be there? And and moreover, is it is it worth it?
1: I can't answer it with the need word. All I can say is that it, it was there. And I believe it all of it, everything was consumed and went into his music. Would he have been able to do it without that? I don't know. I don't know if the some part of me believes that the question is moot because it's it is what was there and you know where he's at and where he was at so there it is and I'm getting blown up on the other <laughs> line They're like Don asked <laughs> one for <to> me a <laughs> alright man it's been great
0: thank you so much for coming on
1: ok take it easy there
0: Well, there it is. For those interested in seeing Miles Ahead, it's opening in New York and Los Angeles Friday, April 8th, and is likely to expand nationwide in the weeks to come. Next week on Talk Easy, we'll have comedian, political commentator, Denzel Washington superfan, W. Kamal Bell on the show. Here's a bit from that.
1: You know, everybody, she probably describes me the same way. I, I would say she. everybody's a crazy ex. She's the crazy ex. Like, <laughs> now she's probably sitting somewhere calling me the
0: crazy ex. Do you guys get into like huge fights and. Just a lot of like nothing. It was just. I mean, it was funny when I look back on it. It wasn't that dramatic, but it just felt at the time like very sort of you know when two people sort of climb into an emo hole together, and right? Listen to a lot of Radiohead. And is that it, what you did? Yeah, she, Radiohead was her favorite band. I had a lot of sex to Radiohead, which is a weird band. Sex, it's too weird. Uh, you, yeah, g- so. you generally want
1: Karma yeah. Police. <laughs> I had a lot of sex to Karma Police, which is not a not a, not a swerve getting it song. no, no D'Angelo? No. no no she was it was cake and radiohead <sighs> and oh who's that there's a woman singer who's not beth orton
0: i mean you should be proud of yourself for being able to have sex with radiohead <laughs> to, to those with,
1: bands to yeah. radio yeah people people who need people
0: big thanks to vince and karen larson for helping coordinate this interview uh the music is by vanilla a wonderful artist out of the uk which you can find in the show notes the graphics are by ian jones technical assistance from joe stillwater executive produced by dave chen and of course the show was produced and edited by cory Tad. i'm your host sam fragoso thank you for listening i'll see you next week
2: Enter now at slash unconventional awards. See you there.
1: You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Santiva.